Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. COVID-19 has turned the world upside down. But is there any hope for us in these dark times? As you listen to God's word today, may it become for you fresh water for your thirsty soul, give you hope to cope, and wisdom to thrive, excel, and become everything God says you are. God bless you as you listen to today's sermon. Last week was about love in marriage, and I was so blessed. I was so, so blessed. And I see this thing about the Word of God. If, if you're truly led, you see that whenever there's a message, there are other confirmations that follow the message. So, just after church, I happened to be in a situation and the message was very, very useful. So Accra Community Church, um, I have no doubt, I'm very settled in my spirit that the Spirit of God is here and He's doing something. And this morning, um, I just want to talk about love in action. And last week we were talking about love in the setting of a marriage. I'm seeking to talk about love in a parent-child relationship. And I pray to God that you'll be blessed. So I take my scripture, the first scripture from 1 John chapter 3, verse 18. That's a very powerful scripture. 1 John chapter 3, verse 18. I love it. It says, My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Hallelujah. See, is that it just takes this whole love thing to another level. Now, don't waste your time telling me you love me. Just do it. And when you're doing it, the intent and the motive also matters. Because sometimes you may think that somebody is demonstrating an act of love, but the, the intent and the motive may not be. So it just raises the bar. And it says that in everything that you're doing, consider, it says that love not in, um, don't only love in tongue, but in deed, action, and in truth. As for truth, you are the only one who will know. So... And, and for, for all of us, our first experience of love is from the family setting. It's from our parents. The first, child, uh, the first time a child learns to smile is to smile back based on the facial expression the parent shows him or her. So the first act of love that most of us will experience and the kindness and the giving and the giving and the giving again and again and again 
comes from our parents. And I realize that it's not only in our life, but even when we refer to scripture, there's no end to what a parent would do to demonstrate love to their children or to their child. And I just, so Joseph is sleeping one day, I believe, and then an angel appears to him and says, get up and go to Egypt. Because the child that you have, the life of the child is being threatened. Herod is seeking to destroy this child. So all of us, do you know how difficult it is to make, I mean, change geographical locations, to move? So all of a sudden, he has to gather his things and take his wife along and move a child. I mean, they are not moving for their economic benefits. They are not moving for the fact that they want to. It's not about them. At that moment, it's about the child. That's the extent to which a parent will go. And, and sometimes when, in Ghana, maybe it's, it's easier to raise a child because we have the benefit of family and all of that. But when you travel out there, you see people who make decisions solely based on their children, where they live, the job they do, everything, where they buy their homes, and everything is based on their children. And you look at Exodus chapter 2, verse 3, and once again, you're looking at the life of Moses. And you look at, at that point where the life of the child was threatened because Pharaoh had declared that all the children of the Israelites should be killed because they were multiplying too fast, especially the male children. Then a mother gives birth to a child and you see that the child looks too good. This child has prospects. This child does not deserve to die. So what does the mother do? She does everything to protect the child to the extent of weaving a basket, making sure the basket is watertight putting the child in and leaving the child at the banks of a river. Not only that, placing the sister at a vantage point to watch over it because I cannot afford to let my child die. That's the extent to which a parent will go for their child or their children. And, 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 and especially the mothers, they're so clever at these things. If you look at how she placed the baby, knowing that Pharaoh's daughter will come there. And I mean, it's as if sometimes they can pre-program the thing. Our mothers know us, our mothers especially. Sorry if I veer, but when I use mothers, I want you to take it to mean mothers and fathers. <laughs> I mean, because I don't know why the father was not there as well too. But anyway, that's maybe he was standing somewhere. <laughs> but to protect the child and they can be so calculated and everything they do is just aimed at the safety of the child. Then we look at the almighty God himself, John 3.16 that we as his children don't deserve to perish. In Ezekiel, he says that he does not desire that any soul will die or perish. So what does he do? He gives the choicest for us, his children. Then you look at David in 2 Samuel 15 all the way to 18 and his relationship with Absalom. 
Absalom broke every moral code. Everything a child shouldn't do, Absalom did. First of all, you lie to your father that you, you want to relocate. Secondly, you, you relocate quickly. In fact, before, and then you start turning the hearts of the people against your father by trying to give them judgments that are pleasing to their ears. And then finally, when your father has to take run for his safety, you move in and then you are advised to, to further humiliate him to go after his wives. For Bible says concubines. Go after them. That's, that's the, I mean, when, you know, when these rebels capture towns and villages and all that, sometimes they go after the women to humiliate them, the women, and to humiliate the men themselves. So it's like the highest thing that you can really, your father, you know what I mean, in the open. Yet, when Joab, so furious that when they wanted to go after him, Absalom, the first thing David said that when you get that guy, be gentle with him. I was so shocked. That's the heart of a father. Fathers, we are coming into the picture, so it wasn't a mother-mother stuff. Be gentle with him. To the extent that when news started coming through that they were winning, the number one priority on his mind, how is my son Absalom? So what's the point I'm trying to make? The point I'm trying to make is that the heart of a parent knows no bounds. And I don't think I have to preach to you about it because most of you are living it or all of us. Okay, this is Accra Community Church, so all of us. All of us are living it. We are demonstrating through our day-to-day actions, the daily decisions we make, how we care and we love our children. So I have about four points I quickly want to just make in quick succession so we reflect on. So really, nothing compares to the love of a parent. Nothing. In fact, God gives us the utmost example. And and in following the example, you see that, look, you go to your mother's house and, and, and she can tell as soon as she sees you that you have no eating. go to your father and sometimes he will just say look take my dress or take my or take my car or, I mean that's the extent to which they would go for us and to the extent that people live their lives working so hard with their children in mind that I want to leave a legacy for them so really I think and that's why I believe the devil goes after families. Because if you twist, if you twist the concept of love, if, if you try to attack it in the house, and you it, then you are, you're just breaking the chain. Because that is where you experience it as a child the first time. And you go to school, you are bullied, you come home, you feel love. They smile as a baby and you smile back. They play with you, they carry with you, they carry you, they give you warmth. All those things we pick from home. So from day one, the enemy has never sought to see us married or to have stable homes. So for all this, what do we do? 
Bible says that we should honor them. We should honor them. And I take you back to the first, the first scripture, first John chapter 3, verse 18. The moment you start talking about honor, you are elevating something to a certain level. And also the intent can you check the intent because honestly, if you don't respect someone, you can't honor the person. You can't. I dare say that if you don't love someone, it's very difficult to give the person honor. The one that we see, that one you can. But the best kind of honor is what's in the heart. How you feel about what you're doing. So we will give you standing ovation, but in our hearts we are really lying down. So Bible, so for all of this, it encourages us to honor them. And in Matthew 19, 19, it says, Honor your father and your mother. Love your neighbor as yourself. So when I started reading this scripture, I was just saying, ah, why didn't God say, honor those who take care of you? Why didn't God say, honor those who have loved you or demonstrated? Because honestly, there are also levels. Some people will do the whole, they'll go all out. Others too, Charlie. So where have you been? You can see your father maybe or your and say, ah, where have you been? You know what I mean? So there are levels. But Jesus didn't give us the liberty to choose or respond based on how we experience them. Even if there has been an aberration, the expectation is that you still give honor. And it's a tough thing to do. And that's why we're Christians. Because with the Spirit of God, we're able to do the tough things. I remember uh, a relation who's, I mean, I'm sure her father couldn't even tell how she looked like. And you know, very typical of our customs, she, she, she was getting married and her father had to come. <laughs> and I, I love marriages because those are the times that we fish out all those people. And they say, if there is no father, there can't be a marriage. Really? Okay. It's okay. Let's just. So this man wears his cloth and he comes to sit down come and see the so you know when they said oh this money is for the father and the guy was collecting come and see the women insults <laughs> sitting at the back insulting sorry where have you been oh throughout I'm sure the man had a, the worst day of his life as for the chair that's what I'm saying that as for the honor they can give you the chair but the heart power you won't get yet for such a father, the Bible enjoins you to honor him. And I tell you, it's no joke. <laughs> and we have several examples. Some of them just do the donation and they just elope. So you are ready to get married. They say it's a father who has to take the person to church, so he shows up. But that some of them too, they are present, but they are not present. Like the person is there, but he's not there. That, what, that person too has to be honored. Some of them are the best in the world. Those ones too have to be honored. So regardless of the experiences that we've had, 
father. So some of us too, we do so well. We honor the father and we leave the mother. Or we honor the mother and we leave the father. <laughs> and that's why we come to church. So we hear the word of God and begin to look at ourselves and say that are we doing right and can we improve on what we're doing? It's not a joke, I tell you. So, dear children of God, if we were not able to do it, Jesus wouldn't ask us to. The second point I want to make is that indeed they love you and that's where we are approaching it from. They love you. They love us. But they are not always right. If our Bible admonishes them not to provoke us, which means that there's a likelihood that a parent will provoke his children. In our setting, where you never grow up, so recently I was talking to my mom. So someone's where you're from. <laughs> I'm almost 45. <laughs> Come on. And I just laughed. <laughs> so in a certain way, you never grow up so long as they are alive. Or you are never old enough to make your decision. <laughs> it's very, very important that in honoring them, you act in a way that does not dishonor yourself and dishonor your family. It's also very, very important. Because sometimes... We also take it to the extreme where literally your, the operating manual is sitting in your mother's house or your father's house. <laughs> so you go for instructions and you come and implement. You go for instructions. <laughs> so even though they are not in the home, but they are running the home. And the interesting thing is that sometimes they are coming from a place of love. They think they are protecting you. They think they are acting in your best interest. And it's not, they are not saying, do this, do this, do this, because they hate you. <laughs> but in their mind, they have to protect you. But remember that we decided to leave and go and cleave. And also be accountable to God. So please, when you leave, don't leave the operating manual. <laughs> because that also can create problems where you love to the point that you can't even function yourself. And in honoring them, you dishonor your own family. And for us as men, sometimes we can also be very guilty of that. And it's, it's true, they are not always right. Look at how Herodias schemed to get a child to ask for the head of, of a man of God not always right. In fact, in the um, Amplified Version, it talks about she coached her. Coaching. Coached her. So some of us, when we go, they coach us. They, inspect, they expect us to take instructions and function in a certain way. Because to them, they will tell you that 
as for marriage, maybe, and especially if they have had some experiences in life, they want you to follow their, their use their experiences to build yours. You can't discount other people's experiences. But at the end of the day, remember that in honoring them, you also have to honor your own family and, and also not dishonor your own self. So, look at how Rebecca managed to scheme and get Jacob to upend his brother Esau's lessons. So, and she was coming from a place of, now I have to protect the son of mine. Yeah, maybe in the larger scheme of things, it had to happen. But the point is, some of the things they they, they, they that comes across in our relationship with our parents. In their mind, they are telling you that one day this marriage can break, so never, don't put this thing, this man is not a pillow that you put your head. Or this woman, you can't trust her. So from day one, everything you hear are those fables, those old wives' fables, if I may call them, about how not to invest emotionally in the relationship because it could go wrong. But yes, when we sit in cars, they can run up, they can, everything could go wrong. But if you are constantly being fed in that relationship, that hey, it could go wrong, it influences everything you do. So, indeed, they love us, and that must be a relationship of honor. But the point I want to make quickly is that that relationship shouldn't also be dishonorable to you and your family. And and what I do in my life is I, I make sure my dad has passed, but I make sure my mom is fine. But she knows her place in my life. And she knows where my family also sits in the scheme of things. So I would do everything to make sure that she's not dishonored. And what does it mean to to ensure that your parents are honored? Sometimes it's not how much you give them. It's just the, the spirit behind it. If it's 10 CDs every quarter, so be it. I'm just saying. If it's 10 CDs every week, that's it. Once, and you know, just let's go back to the first scripture, First John 3, 18. Love in deed and in truth. So the motive and the intent will always be checked. Is this 10 cities? Is that, is that the best you can do? If that's the best you can do, let it go. Because the moment in that age, after doing all those things, and look at what um, Moses' mother had to do, look at what, um, um, what do you call it, um, the extent to which she had to go. Those that your ma- our parents can give us examples of things they've had to do to make sure that we didn't die. In fact, some of them almost to a point of taking us to a shrine because they were afraid we would die. They did several things out of love that will not die. Love for their children. So when they get to a point where we have to take care of them, we can't shake our responsibilities. Even if they are the worst people in the world, in your view. The interesting thing is that sometimes we end up doing some of the things they do. And that's why even in trying, be, even in being critical of them, you also have to be measured. 
because sometimes I do something, I say, ah, this is my father showing up. <laughs> so we have to be very measured sometimes. And the way we even handle them, for me, making sure they are medical, they are, they are catered for medically, what they will eat, what they will wear. I mean, for all those things contribute to being, treating them with honor. Whether in your mind they are deserving or not, that's another matter. But just do your part as Jesus enjoins us to. The, the other point I quickly want to make is Bible enjoins us in Philippians chapter 4 verse 5 that let your gentleness be known to all. For us as Christians, the moment you become Christians, you know, in the, those years when we were growing up, I'm not that old anyway, but when people, the born again started catching up, most of our parents were orthodox and we had gone to charismatic. So when you come back home, they look at you some way <laughs> and they're expecting something or that they, 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 they hold you to a higher standard. They expect that if you say you are born again, then you operate on another level. In the same manner, once we are Christians, they have a different expectation of us. And, and sometimes we even have unbelieving parents. The way to deal with them is say, if you are unbelieving, so I will not. Jesus did not discriminate. He didn't give us the right to discriminate. If he's a fetish priest, do whatever you have to do for him. Just as you do for him if he were the president of Ghana. So, in our conduct, I believe that we can win a lot of them to Christ through our conduct. Because for me, the conduct is, is more, a more powerful statement than the church you attend and the way you pray. Because they watch and sometimes they will take counsel from no one apart from you because they've come to believe in the God that you serve. And they come to see something in you that... that. So, the, 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 the last but one item I just want to touch on is forgiveness and reconciliation. In our love relationship with our parents, things have happened. Things have happened. Some of them totally shake their responsibilities. Some of them sold their cloth to take care of us. Whether they shake their responsibilities or they sold everything they had, Jesus is telling us that we should honor father and mother. In fact, Jesus is very smart. The way he said father and mother, if he hadn't mentioned both, I'm sure one of them would have gotten the treatment over the other. <laughs> I will say who, but... <laughs> I'm sure one of them would have gotten a much better treatment than the other. But for us as fathers here, we, there's a bigger responsibility on us to show through the way we model love in our home so that our children, because they say monkey see, monkey do. Not monkey hear, but monkey sees. That's what monkey does. So at the end of the day, we need to ensure that the love that we show our parents to our children, they are also we are also parents. So we are also demonstrating it. And, and, and just let me just say something quickly. The best way to teach your children to be responsible towards maybe your own needs in future is to show them how you take care of your own parents. 
if your kids have never seen you go and visit your parents before, <laughs> when they are 30 years old or 40 years and they are there and say, ah, you don't visit me. Ah, what is visit? I've never heard of visit before. So I'm just saying, and I'm not talking about visit alone. I'm talking about the things you do. So, oh, this is for grandma or this is for grandpa. Let's go and give it to grandpa. Or when grandpa is in the house, the way you treat him. Because very soon you'll be grandpa and grandma. So let's model the kind of love we want to we want to experience ourselves. So in showing them love, we're also modeling something for the next generation. So they can also live to that higher standard. But back to the issue of forgiveness and reconciliation. Some of them have passed. We need to forgive them. Even We need to heal. I read something about a lady who has not spoken to her parents for years and she said she would never speak to her parents. We can't. We can't. So if there's anyone here who has had a very bad experience, and I, and I don't dispute it, some of them can be very bad. Some of our African parents, especially the, the, the ones that start with F, they can be very irresponsible. Very irresponsible. And they will hurt you. You go through some of the life experiences you had. If they had stood up to their responsibilities, you may not. But in spite of it all, you are sitting here. So you still have a reason to honor them. Someone said, <laughs> someone said sometimes you can kill people with love. <laughs> but that's against the scripture that we, you know. Then, 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 then the intent and the motive is to kill a man. <laughs> I mean, just show the person so much love that they will repent and, and, and want to be better and will even advise other people to be better. I have, I have personally experienced the blessing of parents. I mean, this Nyamin Shrao, Nyamin Shrao, God bless you, God bless you. I think most of the battles that, by God's grace, I've been able to. What were we doing? Win? It's the prayers of our parents. The several Nyamin Shrao's, the several God bless you, those things have a way of defending you. Those prayers, they have a way of going ahead of you. So what are we saying this morning? We're saying that God himself gave us an example of how a relationship should be between a child and a parent. So he sets a very high standard that we all aspire to. He didn't even stop there. He also gave, and to Nanakofi's point last, he gave something for that love. In our relationship with our parents as well, we are enjoined to honor them and to love them because nothing compares to a mother's love, a father's love, the love of parents. And for all that they've given us, the least we can do is to show them honor and to love them. The other point I'm making in summary is that 
Bible doesn't give us a chance, the option of choosing who we will honor and who we will love. It, it, it places the responsibility on us to do it for all of them. And that's not even qualify. Also, we are in the ministry of reconciliation. We are, we are working to reconcile people to God hand in hand with our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that, we also need to reconcile our relationship with our own earthly parents. And if they've hurt you and it's so hard to let go, hopefully today's word will touch your heart and you can let go so that you can truly honor them. Shall we pray? Our Father and our God, we thank you. We bless you. It is because you love us, that's why you always speak to us. Thank you for your word. And at this moment, anybody who is hurting out of a relationship with their parents that did not go well, but your word says that your spirit is able to reach you are the God of all comfort. Your spirit is able to reach the places where it hurts that no one can. We pray this morning that your spirit will reach that point and heal and bring the balm of Gilead upon that fellow in the name of Jesus. We want to pray that even as parents ourselves, that Lord, you will help us to model the right behavior of love for our children as well. We thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray with us. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon. If it blessed you, share it with a friend. For more information on how to fellowship with Accra Community Church on Zoom, visit our website, www.accrachurch.org. God bless you.